comic timing is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, Network bitch. <laughs> Print it. Hey there, folks. It's Ian Levenstein. This is going to be episode 156 of Comic Timing, if I remember correctly. We're going to do Days of Future Past because this movie came out forever ago, and uh, Chris and I have now seen it twice in two separate theaters. Hi, Chris. Brent's seen it once. (laughs) And Transformers. Yeah, I'll have to ask him about Transformers. So, well, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's not like you're never going to hear Brent again, people. By the way, it's it's just uh, it's it's sometimes it's easier for me to pick up a microphone and have Chris talk. Oh, it's just that it's been a month, so I don't know what he's waiting for to talk about this movie with you. (laughs) Schedules, man, schedules. Days of Future Past. For me, I think it might actually be my favorite X-Men movie that has come out so far. I I think it... You give me a look like that. I mean, I I, I like it better than X two. I like it better than X than X Men uh, uh, First Class. I, I think it's it's it does a really good job of really tying both franchises together, like both halves of the franchise, and, uh, and making them into one unit. I feel like the two, the Brian Singer movies and First Class, were already kind of united because they obviously were borrowing pieces of the continuity Mm -hmm. and ignoring certain other pieces like you know emma my sister yeah yeah origins was a terrible movie if you haven't seen it don't see it (laughs) and now you don't have to because it might not exist shut up you we'll get to that yeah but uh damn it see you talk so much i completely forgot what i was going to say (laughs) thanks a lot jackass uh singers uh, side being being connected well they already felt connected no, the reason why I kind of I'll make a face at you is just kind of like it's my favorite X Men movie. There's only been like six X Men movies. It's kind yeah. of like when people say Avengers is the greatest superhero movie of all time, and I'm like, that is not a very high bar. <laughs> that is a genre that includes such classics as Ghost Rider mm-hmm. and Green Lantern mm-hmm. and the 1990 Captain America movie, the one where Red Skull is Italian. Ooh, and the direct-to-DVD Man-Thing movie. I ne- didn't actually see that. Me neither. I, I don't know what it's like. But I did see the Captain America, and I saw the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, and I saw pretty much every other terrible superhero I movie. saw the Hasselhoff Nick Fury once. That, that was pretty awful. Remember the 1990, was it 6, Generation X TV oh, movie? I will never forget that disgusting movie. But it had Matt Frewer. It had Matt Frewer. Yeah. Matt Frewer is in everything. <laughs> well, like, it, it was a movie, but it was also a pilot. Like, it was it was weird like that. Like, I know they were thinking about doing a, doing a TV series at one point, and it just it wasn't good enough to actually warrant that. You know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if... At some point, Fox was like, hey, we want to do a TV show. And they actually did New Mutants. Mm. I could see that. Because Fox, at this point, is now trying to emulate the cinematic, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And they have X-Men, and now they're rebooting Fantastic Four. And from what I've read, it's supposed to be set in the same continuity. So that way they can do crossovers. Right. I'm not entirely fond of this because, one, I want to see Science Bros back together. Science Bros. I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of broken because it doesn't have Reed Richards in it. I mean, 
it's not I don't feel like Johnny and Sue and Ben are as integral, but Reed kind of ties a lot of things together since he's the inventor of unstable molecules. Right. And all all sorts of other little things. I mean, that was not this movie, not Days of Future Past or even any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but watching uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Mm Spider-Man, there were a lot of moments when I could kind of feel the lack of a larger universe for them to play in, and it just, it felt wrong, is all I can really say. Well, even seeing, like, that New York skyline, like, not seeing certain companies in the skyline that would have been there otherwise, like, is, is a little weird. Well, it's just more like having Peter operate in this kind of vacuum where he's still the only dude Mm -hmm. floating around and it's just peter peter's place in the marvel universe is partly that he's the kid yeah like we get his origin story and that's a nice standalone tale but when he's reintroduced into the marvel universe you know that issue had fantastic four in it Mm -hmm. if i remember correctly and he's like tied up in the in the tube and so from the start, Peter has always been part of this larger universe, and I just that was the one thing that bothered me about one of the things, one of the many things that bothered me about Amazing Spider-Man, a movie I actually enjoyed. I think yeah. we didn't we record about that or uh, well, well, we well, we did talk about the the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, Amazing Spider-Man two. We never really got on the mic about too much, but yeah, uh, it, it has issues, but. I love Andrew Garfield so much, yeah. and I feel like he would be better. He just needs a better movie to be in. And and it got the the Gwen Stacy death right. I I, I I teared up a little bit at the end. Like yeah. you know, I wasn't. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, of course they were going to do it." And you don't really know that. I mean, Hollywood kind of tends to chicken out on that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the fact that they actually killed her this time. For the Raimi movies, I thought they were going to kill off Mary Jane in the last movie, and I was really disappointed when they didn't. Oh, we all were. I I can't stand Kirsten Dunst's. Mary Jane. It's not even that I don't like Kirsten Dunst. I actually have no problem with her. I just wanted them to do the reverse. That would have been cool. Like, kill off Mary Jane yeah, and why have not? be with Gwen. Like. But anyway, we're getting off track. Yeah. Going back to X-Men and just that... So we're trying to bring these two different... I guess, like you said, to bring in the two franchises together. Mm-hmm. And that's why I... You know, we, we talked about this earlier. I felt like that... First of all, this was on par with X2, which was just so much fun. It was such a decent if not fantastic adaptation of of the god, god loves, loves man kills yeah. yes you didn't even give me a chance to say yeah. it. you mansplaining ian that <laughs> felt like mansplaining i'm about to say it i'm pausing for dramatic effect and he's like oh no the girl cannot think of the, the name of the series no this is just me being me and stepping over people as they speak mansplaining uh, <laughs> but okay so you have you know, like, X2 was really good. I felt like this was on par with it. I also felt there were a lot of parallels mm-hmm. with it. I mean, especially since, of course, you had Wolverine as the focal point, again, because everyone loves Hugh Jackman. My mom loves Hugh Jackman. My mom just likes Wolverine, so yeah. that's... Every know. Everybody who reads Marvel comics loves Wolverine because he's in everything. God, so t- I'm so glad they're killing him off, even though we all know it's bullcrap. No, it's going to last forever. What are you talking about? <laughs> Hush you. <laughs> so... I felt like thematically there were a lot of echoing and like so you had Stryker in both movies mm-hmm. and one it was interesting because you think about it like X2 you have Stryker basically at the end of his life yeah. while this movie was Stryker like early on in his career and it's like before he even knows his son is a mutant mm-hmm. and before he's like I guess you could say he's made his name he's just you know he's yeah. just a mar- you know marching you know to somebody else's beat he's not you know making his own decisions quite yeah. yet he's not even military he's a he contractor 
Was he? I think, no, he was military, but you gotta, even, I think part of the point in the movie was that even back then they're trying to say that there's this close relationship between private corporations and Mm. the military. Right. Because no, he was, he was a a military officer. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, military has no problem sometimes selling out to private corporations. Right. He was just, I guess, on orders from a... Well, they, you know, were like, can we borrow these soldiers? Yeah. You know, money talks. Right. But, you know, just like different parallels, say I have to kind of collect my mind, like... X2 part was about Wolverine finding out who he is. Yeah. And here we get Wolverine in his life at a point when he actually knew. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, wow, I just realized something. That the Wolverine we see in this movie mm-hmm. has his memories. Yeah. Because when he wakes up in the in 1973, was it? He, he knows where he is. He knows, well, it takes him a second. He's yeah. all like, oh, wait, I'm actually from the future. Like, he's, he does that common mistake you see in movies all the time <laughs> where people are just like oh my god where am i what's going on i'm yeah. so confused what are pants yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just completely confused but after like that brief you know that minute or so he's just like oh yeah i remember this i totally banged that chick but i didn't bang that chick but i did bang that chick yeah so definitely like the wolverine in the future is like the old like an old school like he's the old and the new combined because he has his claws back Right, something that is still go is completely unexplained in the movie. Well, something that didn't really need to be explained because, yeah, I guess we just know that sometime in the in that gap between the Wolverine and well, when Days of Future Past happens is that he gets it back. I assume it's probably Magneto related because he he can maybe do that. The claws look different; like yeah. it had more angles on it when it came out. But now that I think about it, did he lose both? hands in the movie he did yeah okay so because i was gonna say if we only saw one but yeah he lost both in the wolverine so there's a possibility that because they needed him to have the claws like magneto put them back on yeah i thought the line of with michael fassbender magneto being like imagine if those were made of metal i was like the stupidest (laughs) thing i mean it was obviously meant like intended towards fans like us who are familiar with things like fatal attractions wink yeah it was a wink moment (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you've mentioned that on the podcast before. Yes, the I have. Wink. Yeah. It's like, man, Clark, you're really a super man. Wink. wink. Oh, God, my eye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that has kind of entered my lexicon in general as well. Yeah. Like when I'm talking about uh, Mad Men, mm-hmm. and I I watched the first season of Mad Men. Like, I watched Mad Men for the first time last year, and the entire first season I felt was like, wink, wink. Oh, man. Women working in an office? That's crazy. Wink, wink. wink. Oh, you never see, you know, those colored people working in advertising. Wink, wink. It was so ridiculous. I'll never get cancer from these cigarettes. Wink. wink. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually really annoying because I've pointed this out elsewhere. I mean, not to get off track, but like with Mad Men being all like, women in colors are so crazy. It's like, women... And, you know, people of color and homosexuals were working openly in the advertising industry in the 60s. It's actually kind of offensive to pretend they didn't exist. And don't worry about going off track. Yeah. That's that's half of being on this show is going entirely off track. It's it's a valid criticism. And and, and it's also somewhat related, too, because, uh, you know, this is a a, a period piece, Days of Future Well, since I mentioned... Uh, people of color, I mm-hmm. can bring up something I pointed out to you. That, like we, um, if Ian mentioned this in the past, I was in San Francisco when the movie came out, so I didn't actually see it. Yeah. With you, I was on a I was on a work retreat, and I was supposed to be hanging out with my coworkers, but they all disappeared to their <laughs> hotel rooms. Thanks, guys. 
And I was just like, oh, dinner's at 8. It's like 5.30 now. Or was it 6.30? I don't know. I was like, hmm, maybe I can go see the movie. And I like, ran down 4th Street to the um, the theater on uh, on Market. I was just like, run, 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 running up the escalator and running. And, and, the, guy, and the guy who sold me the ticket was just like, well, it's, it's pretty close to sold out. So if you can't find a good seat, it's okay. You can come back out. I'll give you a refund. I, I took the... They had one of the wheelchair seats was still open, so I just sat oh, in it. that's it was fine. That's fine, yeah. But, yeah, so I commented to you after we saw the movie, I, since I, I just wanted to bring up I wasn't actually with you, mm-hmm. was that, so, First Class got a lot of shit for the way it treated its, you know, non-white mutants. Right. Like, uh, Darwin gets killed. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, people! If you haven't seen the movie, even though it's been out for three yeah, come years on. or whatever. We're talking Days of Future Past. You can expect spoilers for both Days of I Future was, Past and movies that came out before. A- AV Club did a yeah. piece, I think it came out today, actually, about how spoilers seem to be ruining the internet because people are getting pissy. Like he said, people get pissy at him for spoiling the end of Breaking Bad. It's been almost a year since the end of the show. It was the sled, by the way. Yeah. But... You know, First Class didn't really, was not really that progressive when it came to that stuff. Because Darwin got killed, Mm -hmm. and then Angel goes off with the bad guys in the end. And everybody else is just super white. (laughs) You know, and this, mind you, the X-Men are supposed to be this parallel for civil rights. Mm -hmm. And in the comics, it's always been like, we after, you know, once the uh, we got to the giant-sized X-Men group in 1975... You know, we had an international group of people of different ethnicities, different right. races. Irish, Native American, Canadian. And, and then, uh, you know, eventually, Japanese. you know, now, even now, we also have different sexual orientations. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's really cool. And, I mean, it's good because, again, it's supposed to be this big metaphor for civil rights. Yeah. And yet, the movie that's set during the civil rights era is just super <laughs> white. So, Days of Future Past. Apparently, I guess... Maybe Brian Singer thought they really screwed the pooch on that one because all the races, all of the mutants they introduce in this movie were, you know, non-white people of color, whatever term you, you know, you mm-hmm. prefer. I know yeah. people have preferred terms. Right. So, you know, you had, you know, you had Sunspot yeah. and you had Warpath and Blink is Asian now. Not that it really matters because she had pink skin. So who knows what her ethnicity was in the comics? Yeah. I don't know. No, Ferguson. It's, it's Ferguson could be almost anything. Yeah. Uh, God, who else was in the movie? Bishop. Bishop, yeah. You know, and then of course you had Storm. Storm was still there. So yeah, Storm with her crazy haircut. Colossus and, and Iceman. And yeah, we Pride had those are all the old and, characters. Yeah, the old, yeah. So the, our legacy characters right. at this point. But but no, all all the new characters that were introduced were all uh, mutants of color or mutants of ethnicity <laughs> or whatever you want to call <laughs> them. Uh, well, and oh my God, did they get Blink just like one hundred percent right? Yeah, I mean, Blink. I feel mm. like that whole sequence was written by someone who played too much Portal. Because <laughs> it was, that Probably. was entirely played like a sequence from Portal. Like, I shoot here, I go out here. Physics, you know, people going through the Portal, coming mm-hmm. out the same speed. Yeah. It was, it was great. I'll it have was to see really if well Brian done. Singer actually played Portal. Uh, I don't think he wrote the movie, though. Well, he didn't? I, I, thought, I thought it was him and... Uh, oh, yeah, right. No, it was... Uh, it was David S. Square. I, I don't I, know. He writes all the... No, Batman I don't think... Batman writer. Yeah, uh... uh Hater? I have no idea. Sorry if I'm shouting into the mic. Well, you know what? You keep talking, grab the mic, and I'll, I'll look it up. But talk about what? I can't talk about anything without you. Do you realize I, I just sit here all by myself when you're not home, and I just kind of, like, stare off in the space, unless I'm watching the World Cup, and then I go, Goal! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for blowing out my ears on that one. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's wearing the headphones. Oh, yeah, you're wearing headphones. I did not realize that. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, uh, Simon Kingsber- Kinsberg or Kinberg wrote the screenplay, and uh, Jane Goldman uh, is credited for story. Ooh, lady writer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pe- women working in Hollywood? That's crazy talk. <laughs> Uh, he he is the screenwriter of X Men: The Last Stand. That's interesting. Well, the movie was a hot mess, and I wouldn't blame just one person. Yeah. But you know, if you want me to talk about X Three for just a brief second, that was a everyone got screwed on that one. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. it was kind of like, oh, you know, Brian Singer wants to work on Superman, and Zack Snyder was supposed to work on Superman, so now he's going to do X Men, and. No one won in that one. Oh, hey, James Marston, you're going to go off to the Superman set and not be around for much of X3. Oh, wait, they're doing what? The Cyclops? They're going to... They did gonna, nothing with Cyclops. That kill them off problem. screen? Really? Really? It's ambiguous. Yeah. We don't really know. Well, yeah. And, That's and, when we find out he actually went to Australia. <laughs> or, or, or he got zapped into space by his father, and that's how he got saved. How is Corsair alive? Bendis... I really hated that. I'm sorry, but I liked the, the, the rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire, Corsair dies. It actually was a really good story and yeah. a really good death, and I thought it could have been meaningful, but, you know, comics, you know, screw meaningful death. That's one of the things that I've been noticing, and, and yeah, this is a, a quick tangent here. We'll get back to the movie in like eight seconds, but one thing I've been noticing lately with comics in general is that they don't sometimes they don't even bother to explain how a character is back from the dead they just like show up and then it's like oh wait I thought you were dead what do you mean I'm okay (laughs) and then they go explain it later if they explain it at all I think I'm more annoyed like I think I've talked to you about, I mean, I haven't done it on this podcast, hi podcast people, Hello. about meaningful death in comics, and that I generally feel like manga has it right, because mm-hmm. one of the most meaningful deaths in comics for me was Hughes in Fullmetal Alchemist, yeah. who, you know, like, he's built up as this really sympathetic character, he's kind of a mentor character to the kids, and they, you know, they go off on their little adventure, and meanwhile, bad shit goes down, and he gets killed. Sorry, spoilers, whatever, <laughs> you should read this series, damn it. <laughs> And the worst part about his death is that because this isn't like, you know, they don't have the internet, people aren't constantly calling each other on cell phones or whatever, that information travels at a slower pace. So our two leads, Ed and Al, have no idea he's died. Yeah. Like, they don't find out until they come back, they go come back to the, to the Capitol and they find out, and they're just crushed. Like, you know, they spend all these, you know, all this time being like, man, I can't wait till we get back. Oh, man, Hughes is just going to talk about his daughter. Oh, I can't wait to see him again, though. It's going to be awesome. And that's kind of what makes it sadder in a way. Yeah. And the thing is, Hughes died really early in the series, but his death is felt throughout the entire series because it motivates um, Roy Mustang, who's right. his best friend. Yeah. You know, sorry to anybody who hasn't read it, but you really should. You, re- you really should either just watch Brotherhood or, or read the manga. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah. But- um, but, but yeah, talk about unexplained deaths, though. One thing that wasn't explained in the movie, and yet no one gives two shits. Like after X three, Xavier is dead, and you see, you just hear his voice coming from he's the dude. Apparently, in the, in the, transferred as his consciousness into somebody else's body. Yeah, but that doesn't explain why he's still Patrick Stewart. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like he just like morphed himself. That's what we find out in the ten years. There was like a Shi'ar side trip. <laughs> <laughs> and and the brood story and the cloning. Yeah. yeah. 
Man, that was one of the earliest X Men X Men issues I've yeah. ever read. Was the the one where the X Men come back from space and they know that there's a brood inside, you know, the professor. Mm-hmm. And that's what the first time they meet the New Mutants. So there's a fight. Oh yeah, yeah. I love it because it is such a dated issue. Because <laughs> what, are, what are the New Mutants doing when the X Men barge into the living room? They are sitting on the couch watching Magnum PI. Nice. It's such a dated reference. I, dude. My God. Dude, we can't fight now. Magnum's on. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, dude, Iceman in this movie. Talk about characters that I felt absolutely uh, got their time in the in, in, in their they time right. They made him a fighter. They yeah. didn't really give him a lot of what you would call character development time because this isn't his movie, right? I mean, it's not even it's not old Xavier's movie. It's not old Magneto's movie. It's mm-hmm. not Kitty's movie. Even yeah. though Kitty has a very important role, I know some people were upset that she wasn't the one who went back in time. Mm-hmm. But it made it made sense story wise, I guess, to do it, and that and and timeline wise, yeah, and, she wouldn't and, have been born yet, right? And and Hugh Jackman is uh, the the most recognizable mutant. Yeah, even though Ellen Page is famous in herself, but yeah. it is, I mean, there is logistics to consider, and yeah, you know, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Now, I don't even say most recognizable mutant, but the fact that Hugh Jackman is a bigger movie star than right. Ellen Page, yeah, and I'm gonna say he's more charismatic because Ellen Page is a little bit of a drip, yeah, like sure. she, I. I know you, you liked Juno. I thought Juno was okay, yeah. but she, her thing is all about being sardonic wit. Right. She is sardonic wit. You can't carry an X-Men movie on a sardonic wit. Nobody no. wants to read sardonic wit, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, note to self. Make, make a comic called Sardonic Wit Men. No, no. I, there's so many layers to that. Oh, my God. That would be a great mutant, though. Like, what's your mutant? What's your real name? Sardonic, sardonic wit. wit and like Magneto would just have the most what the fuck look on his face if you were to say that to him and he's like okay you know what just what what, what name did your mom give you because that's not because I mean that's almost as bad as uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead <laughs> <laughs> well it's okay we had Katniss Mystique and and, and honestly do, do we do we need any any other uh, sassy uh, sassy ladies um if you want to pass the Bechdel test. True. This is... Did this movie even pass that test? Uh, no. It's, you know, before somebody gets all up in arms, like, oh my god, that doesn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. It's not a measure of sexism in the movie. I honestly don't feel like this movie was sexist, mm-hmm. but we're kind of reaching a point where, like, I expect Marvel movies to now pass the Bechdel test. Right. They just kind of should. I mean, look, Storm did some badass stuff. Yeah, Kitty no, Pride I... was one of the most important characters in the movie, uh, plot-wise. You know, I mean, to, to I mean, broadcasting I her abilities. I did not feel shorted as a female watching this movie. Yeah. Like, I was okay with it. I mean, again, Mystique blink. was fine. Blink again. Well, that was all fight yeah. scenes, though. It's, you know, they're still kind of window dressing, but I'm still happy that they seem to have something to do, and it was yeah. kind of, they were good action sequences. Right. Uh, but going to Mystique, I mean, it basically is the story of Xavier, Eric, and Mystique, and the sort of, like, trinity of the three of them and yeah. how they play off each other. Because they're basically, when you think about it, they kind of have a rock-paper-scissors relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know how you could put this, like... So so which one is the rock, the scissors, and the paper? Well, I can tell you who's rock, paper, scissors specifically, but I guess if you look at it like how... Mystique is mad at Xavier. Yeah. Xavier is mad at Eric. Right. Eric is mad at... I don't Mystique. know. They're, they're in this weird... 
They, they bounce off of each yeah, other. Yeah, they're bouncing yeah. off of each other. I couldn't give you an exact analog. Yeah. This isn't Pokemon, for the, the, God's sake. This is, this is definitely the drama point of the movie. Like, essentially, their relationships are the ones that are most yeah, integral but, to the story. Well, line. here's, like, where... What's interesting, like, going on to the end of the movie. I mean, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but... You know, so you have this where they kind of play off each other, where, like, Eric can't be affected by Xavier, mm-hmm. but he can be hurt by Mystique's actions. Right. But then, there, of course, it gets kind of upended at the end when, when you know, Mystique takes off uh, Magneto's helmet, mm-hmm. letting Xavier do whatever he wants. And, of course, yeah. he chooses not to exercise his power. Right. Which is kind of, like, the most... I mean, that's... It's funny. I've heard people actually complain that they felt like the movie kind of petered out because it didn't have this big, splashy fight sequence, but it really came down to... I mean, that's what X-Men has always been about, is about the people, not the powers, not them as superheroes. They're not really superheroes in the sense we think of them as. And, I mean, come on. He he, he wound up destroying Three River Stadium. Like, that was... RFK Stadium. Yeah, sorry, RFK Stadium. Yeah, I mean, that, that was... That was kind of pointless. What was the point? I don't understand why he was even doing that in the end. Just because it was showy, I guess. Yeah. The. And that's why. The, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why the Washington senators moved. Mm. <laughs> Let me think. Uh, yeah, we kind of. I don't want to leave stuff out. Beast. I. I. I okay. Well. I, and this was an important story point because when the movie started and we saw Beast back in his human form and we're seeing uh xavier walking and everything i'm like okay so something's definitely happened here and then they explain why when 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 beast is explaining uh xavier you know retreating into himself and everything like that i actually had that split second moment oh my god xavier is a junkie well they that's not even you projecting into yeah. it because they show the shot of him like tying up his right. arm and getting the needle out and it's kind of like a yellowish serum. Yeah. So they want to make that kind of analog like he's escaping from his pain mm-hmm. by go- you know retreating into drugs. Yeah. So he he doesn't have to hear the uh, the noise yeah. uh, of the well, world. Well, I mean, it's funny. Oh, it lasted one semester. The school fell apart after one, one semester. semester. Yeah. I'm maybe somebody can, you know, write in and say I thought that being in I guess it's not a traditional college because I thought in college you were supposed to get a deferment mm-hmm. on like getting drafted and stuff. Yeah. But I guess if it's not a traditional college, then everyone gets drafted. I Yeah. It was a school for gifted youngsters. <laughs> I was born in 1980. I don't know jack about, you know, the specifics of the time. The thing that the, one of the main things that pissed me off about the movie, only one of the few things that pissed me off about the movie is that Essentially, most of the of the cast from first class gets pushed to the side. That is not Xavier, Magneto, and 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 Mystique. It's actually really it's kind of a downer because Banshee's dead. Yeah, right. Angel's dead. I mean, you know, the people defect. The Angel's dead. I mean, Darwin died in the first movie. Anyway. Azazel's dead. Azazel's dead. So, if we are still going with the thing that he is nightcrawler's father that means mystique had a baby she got rid of in the past 10 years thanks chuck austin there are a lot of weirdness and like open questions mm-hmm. in the movie because i mean besides the fact that we were wondering like when does wolverine get his medal back yeah. right and yeah so nightcrawler is nightcrawler born or what is yeah. he actually still mystique's son 
Uh, what is havoc to Cyclops? That yes, that's I was about <laughs> to bring that up because now you know when I originally brought in uh, Alex, I was kind of like, well, I guess he's not his brother; he could be his dad, and I'm fine with that actually. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of weird because now we see him in Vietnam, and there's no. We get no backstory. We have no idea if he just got drafted and left the family behind or anything like that. Yeah. Because we're starting to reach a point where it's not going to work. Like, if he hasn't already had Scott, mm-hmm. he's not Scott's dad. It's just not happening unless it's already happened. This is your Uncle Alex. Yeah, that's. it's not the same if you do that. I'm yeah. not entirely thrilled with that. I don't know where they're going to go. I mean... Because honestly, if Alex is his, would be his father, they could have had Alex get killed off. Right. And then... You know, Xavier takes him in, takes in Scott. I, I that was one of my criticisms of the original movie, mm-hmm. and and I have this kind of criticism of a lot of movies is where a few lines of dialogue would actually fix so much plot wise. Right. And the original X Men movie, they did not do a good job of establishing some of the relationships. Like, oh, Scott's this douchebag who teaches at the school. You don't really know much about it. And then there's. When Xavier is laid out on the the slab, I mean, he's not dead, but he's laid out because, you know, he got zapped by Cerebro after Mystique, you Mm -hmm. know, hacked it. And that was, mind you, one of the brilliant things about First Class was explaining why would Mystique even know how to do that. Right. Well, if she was there when he built it. Yeah. But, so, you know, like, Xavier's laid out, and Scott's just looking at him, like, really sad. It's, like, the stupidest scene, because... They could have used that minute or two to be like, you know, oh, professor, you've always been there for me ever since my parents died and mm-hmm. you took me in and you've been like a father to me. Yeah. You see how that, long that it took there. me to say that? Yeah. You could have put that in the movie and you could have fixed the characterization in that movie. Part of me wonders if that if stuff like that was in Joss Whedon's original treatment and it was I, not I don't know. I, I was not a big fan of Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men run, so, um, you know. But you're a dick. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Talk a little bit as I as I go pour myself some water. Talk a little bit about uh, Peter Dinklage in, in the movie and oh, for, we haven't for, even brought up Peter yeah, Dinklage. We haven't at all, and for that matter, Tra- Trask being Trask and them not even mentioning that he's a little person. He's just a dude. Well, first of all, not mentioning Black Trask. Yeah, oh, that, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to view the relationship of Peter Dinklage's Boulevard Trask to the Trask that was in X3. Similar to Billy D. Williams and Tommy Lee Jones playing <laughs> Harvey Tent. I am still disappointed. I mean, it has been, oh my God, it's been like, what, almost 20 years, and I am still disappointed that they didn't just get Billy D. Williams to play Two Face. Yeah, well, they, well, the. They bought him out of his contract. I mean, just like they they bought out uh, uh, Wayans, who was going to play, uh, I think, Dick Grayson at one point. Ooh, I remember the Robin thing. Yeah, I yeah. remember that rumor. I think it was Marwin Wayans, if I remember correctly. You know what? Let's, yeah. let's not go back yeah. there. But, okay, yeah, it was somebody else who pointed out that, okay, so Boulevard Trask, played by Peter Dinklage, you know, that wizard came from the moon. <laughs> Which they are re-recording <laughs> Destiny, by the way. At least that's what they're saying. They're going to re-record the lines, I guess, so he has more inflection. Please keep that line in. They got to keep that now. It's just too funny. And mind you, he has inflection in that. That's what makes it yeah. great. I, I had to correct you. It's like, that wizard came from the moon. There's like a slight uptick there, and I, that I love that uptick. came from the moon. moon. Yeah. The thing is, though, people are like, I mean, just to go to the voiceover thing real quick. Oh, no. What did they do to Peter Dinklage? Oh, maybe it's because it's hard for him with nothing, no reference. Or, oh, maybe they told him to act flat. 
Peter Dinklage did an intro for the Winter Olympics this year, and it was <laughs> just, just as, as bad. Yeah. yeah. So, the man's a great actor, but he's a physical actor. Like, a lot of it is in his facial expressions yeah. and his, his, his body language, not necessarily in his voice. He has a lovely voice. Yeah, it's just not, not every actor is suited for voice acting. I, and, yeah. and, and trust me, I mean, just look at some of those uh, early Disney movies uh, where they where they went and uh, well actually not not even early Disney movies I'd say more the some of the Miyazaki uh, ones that first came over We're getting people to do, do the dubs yeah like yeah, not because, not all of those work. yeah when you say early Disney I think yeah, it's like no, in the thirties and forties yeah. and I'm like they didn't get famous people to do yeah, the voices that, that's that's what I was celebrities aiming towards. voicing animated movies was really something that started to uptick I would say in the eighties and then yeah. in the nineties mm-hmm. and. They, they generally, they have good voice directors, and I remember something Billy West used to bitch about is the fact that they would sometimes call in these seasoned voice actors to come and do, read for the part, yeah. and then not give them the job, and but take the recordings and then give them to the famous person Ooh, to ouch. copy. Jeez. Like, just do that. Oh, man. So, I mean... That explains a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty shitty. I mean, <laughs> it sucks because, like, you got... Billy fucking West, man. The guy is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so Peter Dinklage is Boulevard Trask. Not a black dude. Living in the 70s. <laughs> also, not really that Hispanic, but I don't know. I guess I never really thought about whether or not Trask was Hispanic. I was yeah. just like, Boulevard. Who names their kid Boulevard? Boulevard's just a weird name. Yeah. But, like, somebody brought this up. It was not me. I will not take credit for this. That it's it's absolutely fascinating that... So you have, you know, Peter Dinklage, you know, and he's a... Is he a little person? Is that the word I should be using here? I believe so. And it's never mentioned in the movie. Like, nobody goes, hey, you've got some, you know, weird genetic problem too. You know, why are you, you know, beating up on these mutants? Like, it just never comes up. It's just kind of like this... It's it's subtext. Mm-hmm. That... Here's a guy who has what we consider, you know, a, a, a you know a, a genetic condition, a genetic oddity. Yeah. And he's persecuting people who have, you know, their own genetic quirks. I know somebody's going to listen to this and just hate on me now, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's hard to talk about this stuff. He even says he admires them, and I wonder if that's like there's like a subtle kind of like self-loathing in there, like. Why did I? Why am I just short? Why couldn't I get like cool powers? Mm-hmm. I'm like you know. There's a lot to read into like the character as they present him in this movie. Right. I mean, oh my god, no! The painting above his desk. Oh my god, yeah. I want to punch the, that painting. The inspirational, like, well, it's like a little girl in a wheelchair, and he's yeah. standing above her with like the artificial leg. Mm-hmm. And the the funny thing is, is I was looking at that, trying to figure out if he if he actually had himself painted taller in that. He still appears to be like short, mm-hmm. but it's. I, I, I would I would also like to think in my head. Peter Dinklage has that painting. He probably asked him if he wanted it. Like, yeah. this thing is ridiculous. <laughs> Do you want it? I assume he probably wouldn't keep it. I mean, he lives... Actually, he moved upstate. He no longer lives, I think, in... Yeah, he doesn't live in the city anymore? I think he moved slightly upstate, like, to okay. actually have a house. He's got a kid now and stuff. Gotcha. 
I could be confusing him with some other celebrity who was living in the city until recently. Yeah, because well, all I know is that Dinklage has Rottweilers. That's, that's yeah, all I know. He has a giant dog, and I know he has a kid, and there was that picture that was going around, like, hey, feeling sad? Here's a picture of Peter Dinklage with his baby, and he's like, he's holding the baby like all dads do, and like the stupidest, most ridiculous, you're like, like is that oh even God, safe I, for the kid? Oh God, like, I don't want to drop it. Oh God. Well, he's got like the one arm between the baby's legs. Mm-hmm. He's, kinda, he's just kind of clutching the kid in the most uncomfortable <laughs> way possible. Yeah. One of one of my favorite moments in the uh, in the film, actually, uh, uh, Trask wise, is when he first turns on that damn mutant locator device, and like, it, and it'll only go off if there's a mutant in a room. Wait, what? Yeah, boop, Beep, boop, boop, boop. Oh shit! Yeah, he's so sure of his technology, <laughs> he doesn't even question. Like, he doesn't. He isn't even thinking. Oh, maybe this thing's malfunctioning. He's like, nope, nope. One of you. One of you. Yeah. One of you's a mutant. I love how that thing looks like. I was like, is that like a carbon monoxide detector? <laughs> and shit went off twice like that because Mystique was in the room with him twice. Yeah, he's kind of dumb. <laughs> he's really stupid when it comes to that. I'm just like, really? Oh my god. Yeah. But no, he. he I felt he did a really good job. Uh, he, he didn't come off as evil to me, and that was sort of the most important part. Well, the thing is that's... <sighs> You know, like, when I was talking about the parallels between this and X2, and you think of why Stryker was doing the things he does, and I don't think he starts out as evil, either. Like, he's motivated by the fact that, like, his son was a mutant, and Xavier failed to help him. Oh, man, I have something to say on that, too. Ooh, okay. Yeah, but that's X-Men in general, really. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, their greatest villain is Magneto. Yeah. The guy who is trying to assert the supremacy of the mutant race, right. but not because, ha, 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 this would be fun to be evil, blah, blah, blah. It's because, oh, because I'm, like, Jewish or gypsy or whatever my origin is this week, I was put in a concentration camp and I watched people die. Mm-hmm. My parents died. You know, in the movies, his mom was shot right in front of him. Yeah. You know, my, my wife, you know... Well, his wife was fine, and then she just left him. As, as we saw happen to Magneto twice, because they redid that scene for Ray. Oh, and he's shaking the fence yeah. or whatever? Yeah, like, I, I feel like the best villains, I mean, not even just X-Men, but are the ones who, you know, they do have, like, the tragic story. Mm-hmm. You know, and Magneto's tragic stories, you know, I survived the Holocaust. And you could say that, like, I don't know if you could say Trask has a tragic story. I mean, Stryker does, because if you remember from X2, guys... That his son is basically mastermind, and he forced, you know, uh, Stryker's wife, you right. know, his mother, to drill out her own brain. Yeah. Yeesh. So, yeah, that might make you a little unhinged. Doesn't excuse bad behavior. One more time. Does not excuse bad behavior, Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> Loki still killed 70 people. It doesn't yeah. matter if his father's a dick. Odin's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well... Trask, I feel, was more working out of fear than anything else, uh, and and that that happens. I mean, that can be the motivation behind someone in a movie like this, and it it kind of was. You know, he he definitely had fear of the unknown, while at the same time, sort of being mesmerized by it. Like like what, this, Trask? This, yeah, Trask. Yeah. Like like it's like oh, I need to I need to study these these people to find out more about them, but also to ensure that they don't wind up being the next step in evolution. You know, okay, if you want to go wink, wink, wink on this, I don't know if the screenwriters are aware of this, when Trask brings up the whole thing about Neanderthals, Neanderthals, mm-hmm. depending on what country you're in. Yeah. Hi, British people. <laughs> uh, it was your mom who explained that whole yeah. thing. We, we say Neanderthals in the U.S. because, I mean, in English, because... 
the th sound only exists in English, but yeah. in other languages, that's why you say Thailand. Right. I learned something new. Yay. Yay. Thailand. But uh, when he mentions the whole thing about Neanderthals mm -hmm. and uh, how they went extinct, you know, because of, you know, homo sapiens, whatever. And that's actually in recent years, that's been shown to be bullcrap. That it's more likely that Neanderthals interbred with homo sapiens. Mm -hmm. And they never went away. And, in fact, a lot of us have Neanderthal, Neanderthal DNA. DNA. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I paid for both of us to do 23andMe, mm -hmm. and I, you know, we both have Neanderthal yeah. DNA. Which completely explains my hairiness. You have it more, um, the more uh, European DNA you have, yeah. you'll have more Neanderthal. So maybe that's where they were all hanging out. TMI to all my, my, my uh, podcast listeners. I have hobbit toes. <laughs> does have hobbit toes <laughs> and we also share 0.1 percent dna like you know yeah it's creepy i know i know i know i'm like of all the assholes in the world i somehow end up related to the guy i'm dating but only vaguely <laughs> only a little bit. only a little bit and i think it's my dad's side not my mom's it, side. this is this is like eleanor roosevelt uh, actually that no, it's like it, that, that's no, it's actually even even further. even further than eleanor and franklin yeah it's way further yeah we haven't even talked about the best character in this entire movie yet yes uh, no 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 not quicksilver don't call him quicksilver they don't call him quicksilver in the movie once doesn't matter. He's going to be Quicksilver. No, he's going to be Quicksilver in the Avengers movie. I'm going to kick your balls if you continue to say stuff like that. <laughs> he's, 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 he is Quicksilver. He's Let us Peter not Maximoff. bullcrap Yeah, ourselves. I know. He's, he's Quicksilver. Yeah. He's going to take on his mutant name. You know, he's no longer going to have his slave name. <laughs> you know, Peter Maximoff was my slave name. You will call me Quicksilver, for I am shiny and fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to go by the wizard. I hate you. Whiz! But um, remember when at one point they uh, that both Wanda and him thought that the uh, the wizard might have been their biological father. That was a uh, that was a thing going in Marvel comics before they found yeah. out that he was. Uh, and now Magneto. I don't even remember what I was going to bring up to you. God damn it! Ian. Well, you cut me off earlier. Th yeah. That uh, he has done so goddamn fun in this movie. They, he is. I mean, first of all, great actor. Yeah. You you know I love oh, I love him so much yeah. I love Evan Peters um, yeah Evan, Evan Peters is terrific in American Horror Story he's great in American Horror Story if you've yeah. not seen American Horror Story well since we're talking about X Men I agree mm -hmm. with Brian J Glass that the uh, third season uh, Coven mm -hmm. is basically the X Men it yes. is the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters but replaced mutants with witches mm -hmm. it is just crazy it by the end of the season it's just oh it's just it's just insane yeah. Like, there's some real horrific stuff in that series, but by the end, it's just like, it. there are no shits given. Yeah. But yeah, no, Evan Peters is a great actor. I don't know if, um, what's his face, uh, kick-ass dude is going to be, you Aaron, know, how... Aaron Johnson. Yeah, how, yeah. how he's going to perform in Avengers. I can't imagine it being as much fun as they did with this. I feel like, I know in interviews... They, you know, Evan Peters is like, oh yeah, you know, he's like that guy, you know, he, you know, he hates being stuck behind people at like the slow person at the ATM. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's how I know Evan Peters actually went out and bought some goddamn comics because that is from a Peter David issue. Mm -hmm. It's the one where they're all meeting with all of X Factor is meeting with Doc Sampson, you know, like to evaluate their psychological state and. You know, uh, Pietro gives this huge speech about how much it sucks to be him. <laughs> Because because he's being you know it's like being stuck behind everyone the, uh, the is slower than him and yeah. I know someone pointed out on the uh, Tumblr and I actually thought it was pretty funny like 
So when he, you know, after they, you know, he snuck in and he gets Eric out of the glass, uh, you know, the cell. Mm-hmm. And he's waiting for the doors to open. And then he puts his hand behind Eric's neck. And, you know, and then, you know, he says, Eric, all I'm doing is so you don't get whiplash. And Eric goes, what? And he goes, whiplash. And somebody pointed out on Tumblr, they said, you know, we think he's being kind of like sarcastic and just pandering <laughs> to him. But there is a possibility that he might have thought he spoke too quickly. <laughs> And he's slowing down because he's afraid he's talking too fast. <sighs> you never know. You never yeah. know. It's one way or the other. But either way, that is that is just one of my favorite scenes in general. That's the scene wherein you re- where you realize that Xavier is useless without his telepathy. Yes. Wolverine is kind of useless without his metal claws. <laughs> and so Derek's not allowed to almost. kill anybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and it's great, too, with the duct tape. He, uh, uh, you know, he, he winds up duct taping the, uh, the guard well, what, to the, you to have the wall. To, you have to keep him off to the side. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, Oh hey yeah you you have you have magnetism powers and yeah, my mom my mother knew someone with that yeah that was a subtle like you know thing for the fans it's not I'm not really going to say whether or not they actually made his dad Magneto in this I still think that it's going to wind up coming up in Apocalypse I I really think it's going to happen yeah Apocalypse that's going to be interesting yeah I mean because Brian Singer's in from the from the looks of it so as of now Channing Tatum. <sighs> it's the worst casting. Gonna be chatting your tato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just <sighs> Quicksilver is one of those characters can be done one of two ways, and I think we're gonna see both of them in the movies. Uh, you know, the more fun, fast character, you know, uh, we're seeing in Days of Future Past. I think we're gonna get more of the moody, broody. Quicksilver in the Avengers, more than likely. Well, he's been raised in a cell, as we saw from that yeah. post-credit sequence. So right. it's gonna his his life's not gonna be as much fun. We're not getting this kleptomaniac character. Yeah, but but the time in a bottle sequence that might actually be my favorite scene in all X Men movies. It's definitely my favorite scene in the movie. It's just fun to watch. It sign it captures the beauty of having that particular power, like mm-hmm. the one way it's really useful yeah i mean of course we were wondering like what the hell is he listening to because <laughs> walkmans weren't invented yet i yeah. mean was he listening to some kind of radio it was a radio it was I, slowed I, down though I, I looked at it yeah i, I looked at it uh, more carefully in the uh, the second time that i saw it and it was definitely a portable radio and they were essentially homemade uh, headphones yeah no they definitely there was a lot of i mean look at the beast dvr Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he invented the DVR, and he's watching Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, the, Be- the I liked, I like, I can't remember his name all of a sudden, the guy who played Beast, you know, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's a lot of fun. And, of course, you know, we had our little cameo by uh, Kelsey Grammer at the end. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and what was great about that, too, is that that essentially happened because uh, Kelsey Grammer ran into Hugh Jackman, I think, at some, some, at some award show or something. And Hugh was like, so, uh, you know, hey, you're going to be in it? Uh, Kelsey was like, well, they haven't heard anything from, uh, haven't heard anything about it, but I'd love to. Mm -hmm. And that got the ball rolling just like that. He, you know, he went, he went to Brian Singer and he's like, is there a place for me in this? Because I'd love to be back in it. I I enjoyed being Beast the last time. Yeah, even though it's a cameo. Yeah. It's interesting how he's willing to do it in his cameo. Meanwhile, 
Alan Cumming didn't want to come back as Nightcrawler for X3. Though that was probably a good decision considering the overall shittiness of that movie. Yeah, I know. It would have been nice to have him back here for Days of Future Past in one way or the other. But uh, I think chances are that's what Blink's character became. Like, if that was originally going to be Nightcrawler, they probably wound up going with Blink instead, which I'm perfectly fine with because Blink was used really well. Yeah, no, they did some good stuff with that. I'm still trying to remember what I said I was going to talk about because you keep interrupting me sometimes. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. Oh, Nicholas Holt. But what I was going to say earlier about the villains, now I can't. It's just going to bug me, and it's going to bug all of you until I remember it. Yes, probably. Dick. (laughs) Villains. Villains are are evil, not evil. It might have been with the Brotherhood of Evil. I'm going to have to, I'm going to listen to the show, and then I'm going to remember what it was that I wanted to mention. (laughs) Well, oh, yes, yes, I know exactly what it is, what I wanted to mention. I just had to, I have to backtrack through the entire plot line. Mm -hmm. Talking about failures. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You end up, like, Xavier kind of gave up, and he just let people, you know, they got drafted off to Vietnam and stuff, and he kind of, like, backed down, and he really let down a lot of people when he did that. And I kind of thought back to X2 kind of happens. Like, Stryker wants to get into the school. He wants to hack Cerebro and all this stuff because of what happened to his wife. And the thing is, though, is that he sent his son, Jason, to Xavier mm-hmm. to, you know, be fixed, yeah. to help deal with his power. Right. And Xavier somehow failed to help him. Mm-hmm. Xavier fucked up. Yeah. And that's basically, like, it's not really addressed in the movie. That movie happens because Xavier is not infallible. Xavier's not perfect. And yeah. I feel like that is a theme in the movies that they play with. Like, again, with Xavier just kind of... Oh, my students got drafted. Life's a bummer. I'm just going to be all stoned out in my mansion now. Because one thing that struck me before uh, seeing Days of Future, I mean, it was still in my head. Mm -hmm. With first class, you know, and we have that fun, we're recruiting mutants sequence. Like, they get in the cab with Darwin, and they go to the uh, club where they meet Angel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oh, if you haven't seen the deleted scene from that, watch it. It's great. Yes, it is. And then they have that fun cameo where they walk into the bar, and there's Logan at the bar, mm-hmm. you know, and he's still James Howlett at this point, I guess. And they're going to you know, say something, and then he just says, fuck off. Fuck off and yeah. then they shrug, and they leave. Yeah. And when you, before Days of Future Past came out, you look at that scene, and you realize, what a colossal fuck-up is that? Mm-hmm. Because if they hadn't, if, I'm going to say Xavier hadn't given up on him, just be like, oh, he's an adult, he's making his own decisions, he doesn't need me. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even try. If he had tried then maybe you know things would james would have been at the school yeah and not captured you know or recruited into the military right. and given the the, the, the the skeleton and stuff like mm-hmm. that and you know so like that oh i was just like wow that was a colossal fuck up and i like that they kind of brought it back in this movie oh when yeah xavier throws it back in his face i remember you and i'll tell you what you told me fuck, fuck off. off yeah and that's you know since we're sort of i feel like we're starting to wrap up here to go with the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of this stuff happens, you know, where they manage to prevent the, you know, Sentinels from taking over the world, or whatever you want to put it. And Logan ends up in the water, and he ends up grabbed by Stryker anyway. And I just, I almost vomited at that scene in the theater. Yeah. And I'm like, after all that, it's still this colossal fuck. And the, the idea, like, watching that scene, and I'm like, the idea that Xavier fucked up Again, Again, because he wouldn't go. But then, of course, you see it's Mystique. And now we have no idea what's going on yeah. with that. Yeah. Because I can't imagine Mystique being that much of a goddamn bitch 
that she would torture someone. I don't think she would and, either. Yeah. So we don't know, and I guess we should talk about the ending of this movie well, now. Well, be- before we before we do yeah. that, I mean, we we haven't even touched really on the Sentinels. Uh, but before cool. before we get there, um, I feel like they're inconsequential. Not entirely. Well, the, uh, oh, you well, mean the ones in the future, well, or the ones in the past? Both, both. I want, I want to talk. I want to talk about specifically. I love the idea of using Mystique's DNA to essentially create the perfect Sentinel. Yeah, you know, that, that's it, it's a really damn cool concept. Uh, just to you know, use her her shape changing to uh, to uh, really just I, I stop okay. anything that's going up against you. I mean, that's that's pretty badass. Well. But that's Nimrod anyway. Nimrod yeah. just absorbs or figures out the powers of the of the mutants who face it. Right. Tying Mystique into it, honestly, it's Technobabble. But tying Mystique into it, it was a way to bring the three characters together. It yeah. was just, it's, I'm not going to say MacGuffin, but it is, you know, it is a, it's a plot device. Mm-hmm. That's entirely what it is. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be, it actually makes no sense when you really think about it. But most of these powers don't make any sense. Well, I don't know, I don't know if, it, if saying it makes no sense is actually... 100 well, percent accurate. Well, the sentinels there. aren't biological, so it's. Well, but didn't didn't they sort of hybridize them? Uh, wasn't that that was? They that still it? seem to be made out of metal in the future because when they blow them up, it's shrapnel. That's what mm. injures Magneto. Right. It's it's a yeah. piece of one of the Nimrod sentinels that he pulls out of. Because they mentioned it, they were like reverse engineering Mystique. They were copying, I think, the mechanics that she used to mm-hmm. transform. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not as fascinated by this as you are, to be honest. Yeah. So it's just kind of. Well, like, I'm fascinated by yeah, it. Yeah, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good way to get Mystique into the storyline. I like the way they. I like that they were. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna call them the Nimrod sentinels. They are. Yeah. They're Nimrods, mm-hmm. and it was honestly kind of terrifying oh, that my whole God. sequence. Was it? Oh God! It was. Their laser eyes. Their laser heads. Oh. They're not laser heads, but they're like these big blast. They're basically like blast doors that open. Yeah. And when they grabbed, it was Warpath that he grabs, pulls it right down in mm-hmm. front of its head, and yeah. fries his face oh off. And I was God. like, "This is horrifying." And and uh, it, it was actually a great way to throw in there some powers uh, that we hadn't seen in a while too. Like uh, they they threw in Lady Deathstrike's uh, claws in there from uh, from. Uh, one of the one of the sentinels as they as they were transforming. What the just just claws? They're well, not yeah. necessarily Lady Deathstrikes. The, the way that the way that the claws came out, they were the uh, they were the hand claws that Lady Deathstrike mm-hmm. had, and and uh, and yeah, no, changing into Iceman and uh, and and everything. It just it it was. But they did change in the ice. Well, well, they yeah, no, they had they, they frosted had, over when he yeah. was freezing them, and then when of course they got burned, they had to cool down yeah. basically. It would be like the opposite power. It's like playing a video game. You know, if somebody shoots you with ice, you counter with fire. Yeah, and the uh, the past design of the uh, of the it sentinels. was it was a good design. I mean, I felt like the sentinels in the past, like they completely downplayed them, and they came. They were not really terrifying mm-hmm. because they ha- they undermined them too quickly. Yeah, like Magneto puts the metal in them, and then it's just kind of like. Pfft. The only reason that they even become a threat is because Magneto lets them. Mm-hmm. He's still the villain in this. There is no... Like, the Sentinels are never the villain in the past storyline. Yeah. They're the villains in the future storyline. Because you know what? We don't even know what's directing the Sentinels at this point. It's just... They're just operating of their own accord. Like, there's these ships. Yeah. You know? We have no idea what their what the central intelligence is like. It's just... Well, well, that's sort of what they said. Is that is that the Sentinels turn against everybody? Yeah. Well, I'm saying it's kind of like it's there's no Skynet outlined, yeah. mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just it just seems like this automated invasion that's just yeah. continuing of its own accord. Mm-hmm. Like a, almost like a hive mind, that sort of thing. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I I actually really liked the whole central fan thing to be there, you know, the, the propeller essentially for the the past sentinels. I think that's just a design thing that's really popular right now. I mean, think of uh, Pacific Rim, mm, like some of yeah. the designs. A movie I love, but let's face it, giant robots don't really work. And <laughs> the part where they's like gypsies analog. I want to punch Guillermo del Toro in the face so hard for that line. Yeah. Because I was enjoying that movie, as stupid as it was, and then they said that, and I'm like, somehow that was the straw that broke my back. It was the stupidest line in that movie. I love that movie. It is awesome. I love that movie. I'm just saying, that's a stupid thing to say. If they hadn't have said that, I would have been fine. I would have been sitting there being like, yeah, we're punching aliens in the face. I, I honestly didn't even remember that line until you brought it up. You're, like, the only person, then, because I know Raph has brought it up a few times. Like, he even admits it is the stupidest goddamn yeah. point. And a few people are like, I liked everything but that one <laughs> point, because it's so dumb. I feel like every good movie has has one point where you just want to bang your head up against the no, wall. There's, there's movies that I don't feel... I mean, I didn't feel any painful points in this, where I was like, this movie's so terrible. Oh, my yeah. God, why did they do that? They ruined it. No, I didn't have any... Of those moments well, in this movie. The one point I wanted to bang my head up against the wall was, you're on really bad acid. I <laughs> Putting that more in the Xavier is useless without his powers. Yes. Just like Wolverine apparently sucks without his powers mm-hmm. as evidence from the Wolverine. Yeah. Which always annoyed me. I hate that kind of thing like, I have healing powers so I don't need to know how to fight. Yeah. Which is a plot point in uh, Blade of the Immortal, at least. That the main character is so used to, like, you can cut his arm off or whatever, and it doesn't do anything to him, that he kind of forgets how to fight, and then Mm -hmm. when he loses his powers, he has to relearn. Yeah. Like, I felt like that should have been a plot point in The Wolverine. Mm. Like, him relearning how to fight. Like, they could have done, montage, (laughs) montage! Yeah, I know. That, 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 I I think if they had had another half hour to work with. Well, you, if if the movie's called Wolverine Samurai in Japan, why not let him do samurai shit? I don't... Oh, and, and before we get to the very end, I'm glad we had, uh, at least one James McAvoy, Patrick Stewart moment in the in the movie i feel like james mcavoy wouldn't have wanted to do the movie if he didn't get to meet patrick stewart Hell at least yeah. once yeah and i'm gonna hope that uh fassbender and, and mckellen probably had a nice gay old time at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so all right let's we'll, we'll we'll get to the end here the uh and, and they all lived happily ever after uh conclusion or did they or did they yeah um everyone's not dead uh, x3 never happened well, okay. First of all, that's not necessarily true. Well, can I point out one thing that has bothered me yeah. about that ending? Is that so Wolverine wakes up, and we're presuming it's in the same year. So it's, what, 2022 yes. or 2023? Whatever year it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. So, like, he just, you know, he snaps back and everything. The thing is, though, is, like, how does that jive with the credits sequence from the Wolverine? It's, like... So that Xavier and Magneto come to find Wolverine in 2012, 2013, whatever year that's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And they're saying dark forces are amassing. Was that them gathering their army because the Sentinels were right? Like, there's there's plot holes, basically. 
Because they're building this continuity that's basically completely unaddressed in the Wolverine. Yeah. And in the X-Men movies, for that matter. Because the only Sentinel we ever saw in the original X-Men uh, trilogy, as you say, was the Danger Room Sentinel. Right. Yeah. So there's a possibility that maybe the Sentinels existed and were continuing to evolve. That's and then at some point yeah. in the 90s or the 2000s, or 2000s, sorry, I can't even remember the keep my ears <laughs> straight at this point. They were like, oh, shit. Yeah. This shit's getting real. I, I, think, I, think that's all, I think that's pretty much exactly what happened. That's is, the is point that, when they realized things were going bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but because uh, you know, seeing seeing the commercial for Trask on the on the TV and everything in in the yeah. Wolverine says that that was, I guess maybe maybe they were rolling out a new maybe yeah. But yeah, so we you know are are happily ever ever after ending where Wolverine wakes up, the school is still around, you know, a bunch of people are not dead. Yay. Rogue may or may not still have her powers. But she still has her powers. We don't really know, but we're going to presume she probably does. Or they came back. That seemed to be the more likely thing, because mm-hmm. remember, Magneto's came back. Right, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's Anna Paquin's for all of, like, one minute. And it's funny, because she's still credited. Yeah. Yeah, well, well that's because... Uh, and this, this will be included on the Blu-ray release, is that there's about 15 minutes of... Anna Paquin rogue plot that was cut from the movie because they felt that it was it made uh, no sense. yeah well not that it not that it made no sense they felt that it was overcomplicated uh, it was well overcomplicated but it really made no sense because the plot apparently was that after Kitty gets stabbed that rogue would absorb some of her power and take mm-hmm. over yeah and you're right that overcomplicates it and it also is just kind of like it diminishes Kitty and it's just it's just weird yeah like. I feel like it's actually cheap to Rogue to even do that. Like, your entire job is to be Kitty for the next, you know, 15 right. minutes of this movie. Yeah. But yeah. It was just to get the, really just to get away to have Rogue be in the movie. Like, that's that's kind of it. Like, that's all I could think plot-wise to have her be there. I mean, if Rogue could absorb people's powers, there's, like, no reason she shouldn't be able to survive till this final battle. In fact... Well, I guess they really wanted Bishop in this movie because she could have been the Bishop role. Yeah, but, you know, it's kind of cool when he powers up. Also, you know, again, Rogue is white. Yeah. Rogue is not allowed to be in this battle now. <laughs> she is too white. <laughs> She's up the street. Yeah. But uh, I, I I, do think X3 just straight up didn't happen. I think there, there's... Well, that's just it. It's like how much of the first three movies, period, mm-hmm. has happened. Because, so... Okay, well, think about it this way. Xavier now knows Logan exists... He knows that he could probably work with him if he were to talk to him a bit. And he knows yeah. that if he doesn't intercede, some bad things might happen to him. Right. Because he knows this now. He's inside his head. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked that scene when he says, I don't want your pain. Right. You know, because I'm like, I think people, writers, even like comic writers now, forget, Wolverine's a miserable person. Yes. Like, the only reason he seems to be functional is because he's lived with the X-Men for so long. Mm -hmm. You look at Wolverine from his introduction versus Wolverine now, it is a very different character. And I know some people hate that, but I honestly, this is, it's called socialization skills. He's been living with the X-Men for so long, they've basically they've made him human again. And yeah. that if he didn't have that progression, I would have hated it because that would be that'd be shitty writing. Oh, absolutely. It's shitty yeah. writing for him to not grow as an individual. Right. Th- I mean the, the Wolverine that that we have in the comics today that would run a school is not the Wolverine that we had when he was introduced back in, he was back barely in the 70s. Human at that, yeah. That's just it. He's a human being again. Right. And I know, like, certain people like Mr. Eigel hate, you know, <laughs> uh, post, uh, 
basically post House of M Wolverine yeah. when Wolverine got all his memories back. Except I kind of like that because you know what? You can only do this. What's Wolverine's origin? Where did he come from? Does he? Will he ever remember who he's? You can only do that for so long. It gets old. S- sit Jamal down to a beer and he'll and he'll give you your Wolverine pitch and he'll give it, me a Wolverine it, it, pitch and he'll tell me how Star Trek is a crappy show. <laughs> That is where we majorly disagree, Jamal, but uh, you already noticed already. And it's we okay. Still His like wife you. loves Star Trek, so she yeah. can do all the arguing it, for it, us. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Xavier now has the names of essentially who, who his major students are going to be in the future. I don't think that really was a big deal, honestly. Maybe it means he picked them up sooner before bad shit happened to them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know what, if you want to think about this, maybe that's why Gina's still alive. Maybe. Because he yeah. picked her up earlier before she became, you know, a psychopath. Right. <laughs> or or he, he, I mean, he also saw the event of her death in Wolverine's memories. Yeah. So, you know. He, he could have prevented that, Yeah, I he, could, he could have prevented it. But there's, in general, like, it just seems like, you know, maybe that's what the story really is. It's about Xavier's redemption. Mm-hmm. Not just that he's let it, he lets Eric go and lets him choose his own path. He lets Mystique choose her own path. Yeah. But that maybe he decides... He can't just sit back and let things happen. Yeah. I mean, it's actually an interesting change. Like when I was saying about when he let, when him and Eric let a Logan go in the, in first class, mm-hmm. and that the, the thought through their head is, well, he doesn't he doesn't really want to be with us. He's an adult. He can make his own decisions. Yeah. I mean, generally that seems like the right thing to do. Right. But this was a situation where it was the wrong thing to do. Maybe the, his experience now in Days of Future Past is kind of like I can't just let people make their own decisions. I have the power to make their lives better. Right. I need to give them that opportunity. So yeah. maybe he intercedes sooner, you know, and he, he, maybe he does track down Logan. Again, we have no idea what's going well, on with that because, again, Mystique is the right. one who ends up with, you know... Yeah, with- things, things happen differently one way or the other because from everything that I've heard so far is telling me that Hugh Jackman is going to be in X-Men Apocalypse, which takes place in the 80s. Yeah, no, so- it's, it's, I've heard... I mean, we heard about, yeah, Hugh Jackman. We heard def- definitely Channing Tatum as Gambit, which is... I like Channing Tatum. He's going to be a terrible Gambit. I mean, maybe he'll prove us wrong, but... One, he needs to, like, shrink, because <laughs> Gambit's not a bulky guy to me, yeah. and that bugs me, you well, know? Channing Tatum can be, can be a different size if he wants to he be. He needs to shrink. He has been before. He's a little tall, though. Yeah. I mean, again, nothing against Shannon Tatum. Just he, this he is can not... play. He can play skinny. I've actually seen him play skinny before. Yeah, it just it just still feels wrong. Yeah, still feels very no, wrong. I I I agree with you. I'm just not willing to write it off. What else did they yet. say was going to be in this uh, movie? Uh, they actually, and here's the weird thing. Like, I thought I had heard that Blink was signed for multiple movies. Uh, it's not going to be this one unless it's time travel. Well, she's too young. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I don't know how that's because if, if work. the future, the 2023, yeah. 2020, you know, four, whatever it is, mm-hmm. she wouldn't have been born yet because yeah. she's clearly in her early 20s, even right. a teenager back then. Yeah. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the other ones that. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they said that the most of the first class are going to be there. Gambit will be there. Um, and what do you mean I, most of the first class, everybody's dead. You you know what I mean? I mean, you know, whoever's left, essentially. It killed Emma. Yeah. Well. Sort of. Uh, no, part of me, part of me thinks they're going to find a way. And then to they still find have... her diamond head just talking very angrily. Yeah. Then, like, what the fuck? I part of me thinks that they're going to wind up with a Emma one way or the other because it's taking place in the eighties. We might very well get a young Storm, a young Cyclops, and a young Jean. Yeah, I don't want to really see the little kid movie. I don't think we're. I don't think they're going to be little kids. I think they're going to be teenagers. Mm. That's actually... yeah. Maybe I still don't want to see that movie. Yeah. I'd rather just have new characters. Yeah. Essentially... They need Dazzler. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Dazzler and a non-crappy Psylocke. Dazzler would be cool. Cyclops, I mean, Psylocke would be cool. Uh, but Bring we don't, Havoc back. Yeah, we, we just... Well, Havoc might come back, especially if we get Havoc Cyclops. Havoc should be the leader. He was the leader of the X-Men for a while in the, yeah. in the mid-'80s. We'll see. I mean, we don't know where this is going to go. I mean... I'm just I'm happy that that we got the the happy ending conclusion of the original trilogy essentially and that yeah, we they, now they, have they were like none of those movies count everything's yeah. awesome yeah. yay and and now we and now we're as many movies as we want with the with the new cast really with first class yeah with first class yeah, yeah. because I still I don't you know I mean if apocalypse is the next movie then we have no idea what they're going to be doing with our our beloved, you know, future yeah. group of, of, of X-Men. And then Fox will wind up making, like, X-Force movies or something to try and make this thing go as far as they can. Well, actually, talking about, you know, we're talking about future X-Men. We have no idea what's going to go be going on with that. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If Fantastic Four is supposed to be set in the same universe now... Mm-hmm. When are they setting it? Is it set in 2015? Yeah. Is it going to be, you know, like... I mean, how's that going to work? I, I would assume it's probably going to be set present day, yeah. So 2015 and, yeah. you know, 10 years before Wolverine woke up, though Wolverine might have his memory in that period anyway. Right. Because it's, it's time travel. It does weird things. Yeah. This is weird. I don't <laughs> I don't like the idea of, of X-Men and Fantastic Four playing nice and then not being able to play nice with anybody else. I don't like this Fantastic Four in general. You yeah. you know my, my particular rants in this. Everyone's too young, yeah. especially Reed. Right. I really liked you and Griffith mm-hmm. as, you know, Reed in the uh, the original two movies. I mean, they weren't the greatest movies, yeah. but I felt like the casting was the least of their problems because, I, I mean, we like Chris Evans, we like Michael Chiklis, uh, Jessica Alba was livable. <laughs> I'm not a big fan, but I'm not. I didn't hate on her. I was John Byrne like, hated her, but you know, yeah. What do you call her? A hooker? Something like that. No, he's yeah. a jackass. Yes, he is. You know, honestly, fuck that. Yeah. I don't want to fucking hear that word out of your mouth. Yeah. You know? No, please. Uh, yeah. You see things I feel particularly strong about. <laughs> it's like do not call women hookers just because they dye their hair blonde. Yeah. Kiss my ass. I know that was racist. Rick. Yeah. There well, we go. Well, we, 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 we all know John Byrne is quote unquote special at this point. I was like, oh, she's a Spanish. She can't play suit. And she's like, she's not even dark skin. Oh my God, guys. And now, of course, you know, only a little bit of the internet lost their minds when they cast uh, Michael B. Jordan as Johnny. At least their father is going to be black. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, I'm kind of digging that. I, I tend to... I'm not a big fan of race spending. Right. But of this entire cast, that seems to be the most solid casting decision they've made. And somehow a completely white sister came out. Could have adopted her. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird. They should not have gotten Kate Mara. Yeah. Like I said, like I joke, she looks five. She's way <laughs> she, too she young. She kind of does, yeah. She's way too young, and I can make so many jokes about yeah. House of Cards, but let's not, you know. <sighs> I mean, they're they're apparently they've already started filming this damn thing. Apparently, yeah. So. Well, they had to get it into production as yeah. quickly as possible. Whatever. I, we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll see whether it's actually worth our damn. Uh, I just I I don't really have high hopes. I'm much more looking forward to the Daredevil come stuff. Come on, they're filming in Baton Rouge. Yay! And try to make it look like New York. Yes, I know because that's what they do. And and, and Daredevil. 
Hey, Hollywood, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. We know what New York looks like. It looks like what Daredevil's going to look like, because that's actually filming in New York. Well, right now it's a positive tax break season. Mm -hmm. They're filming something called The Intern on this block. I don't know if you saw the signs. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's not. I mean, we know that Boardwalk Empire was filming, what, last week, so. Yeah. Oh, so before we entirely close up the episode, and Sabah, nerd. And Sabah Nur and everyone in the theater goes, "Who the fuck is that?" Well, I didn't hear nobody said "fuck," but it was always like, "Who's that?" I don't understand. And I'm just like, "Oh god!" These- no, no, that's when you're supposed to sing. This is it. It's apocalypse. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> these these after credits scenes are really just for the nerds, which is fine because you know I. I knew what was going on, you know, just like when Thanos showed up in the in Avengers and we were all like, yeah, and other people were like, hmm? well, they do. They do one that basically now that we get we were getting two buttons. They're called buttons. Basically, yeah. that's the word I've been seeing for them. One is always an epilogue and the other, of course, is a preview. And usually the preview one comes first, which I find kind of weird because yeah. the epilogue anyone can watch that. Like you can watch the epilogue button, the second button on um Winter Soldier, and, you know, that's Bucky at the Smithsonian. You're like, oh, that's sad, sad face. But the other one, you know, the, the you know, the Age of Miracles, like, that one makes no sense unless you already know what's coming up. You've been following the news and you know the comics. Like, my mom will be like, what is, who is that? Is that? Gambit? That's not right. <laughs> you never let that go, will you? you love it's it. one of my favorite stories. <laughs> You've told that one. I have, I have. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I don't consider my mom a nerd or a geek. Like, I, I generally have a very strong stance. I don't like when people like, I like Star Wars. I guess that makes me a nerd. I'm like, oh yes, because you like one of the most popular films on earth. No, you're just a human being. Right. Like, you don't have to be a nerd to like things that we consider nerdy. And I don't consider my mom nerdy, but she'll like. She likes Wolverine. She likes the X Men. Right. She likes superhero movies. I kind of you know, hounded her until she went to see Winter Soldier. and mm-hmm. We saw know, Days of Future Past with her. Well, because I knew my dad didn't want to see it, so she wasn't going to get to see it otherwise, because yeah. he stinks. <laughs> but your mom enjoyed it, and that's yeah, what no, matters. My mom, my mom likes the X-Men, and yeah. she likes Storm. You know, that's like her other favorite character is yeah. Storm, because, you know, the 90s cartoon. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's but yeah, a good no, like, yeah. like My mom is the one who's like, why is Gambit in in, X, in X-Men Origins Wolverine? That makes no yeah. sense, you know? Yeah, but the, at least at least pregnant Halle Berry got a decent amount of stuff to do in this movie, and, yeah. uh, you know, Storm got her, uh, her her proper coda or whatever. And now she'll hopefully be played by Lupita, by, by Lupita Nyong'o or whatever in... in Nyong'o? Yeah, Nyong'o in the, uh, in the Apocalypse movie. I'd be okay with that. Yay, young Storm, woo! Lupita Nyong'o's actually, I think, too old, though. Make it work anyway. Also, you know there's, like, other black actresses in Hollywood, right? Yes, there are, (laughs) but she would be an awesome Thor. Because that's, like, immediately what happened. It's like, oh, my God, she was so good in 12 Years of Sleep. Let's put her in everything. Pretty much. Because there are no other actresses. Yeah, well, that's the way Hollywood works. Yeah, she is super hot. Yeah. I I, I like the the Apocalypse Coda. I am cautiously optimistic about this upcoming movie. I, I, well, I, I, if Brian Singer's back, and yeah. if they can somehow clear these sexual abuse charges... Which is looking kind of good right now, because I think he's dropped all, other, all yeah, the charges then, against then other people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that movie is scheduled for 2016. So, okay. they, so they would probably start production on that. I mean, obviously, we, we saw that uh, Brian Singer tweeted a uh, script uh, for it. Uh, just 
a day or two ago, actually. So they would probably start filming that early 2015, maybe even before then. So we'll see where it goes. Any final thoughts? You're a dick. <laughs> Anything else about the movie? You're a dick. Oh, that's how I know who you are. Okay, good. Uh, I like I like I said. I'm gonna, I'm going to restate it. This is eclipsed X2 as my favorite X Men movie. And yes, I know there's only been six. Well, I mean, is it six? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I mean, I, I it's probably uh, I think my top. Four would be Days of Future Past, X2, X-Men, First Class, The Wolverine. Because The Wolverine, I mean, again, that that was so much better than I thought it was going to be as a movie. It was decent. Like, it was acceptable. You know, if 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 it were graded A to F, Mm -hmm. it probably is a B minus. I I don't know. I mean, it's... Director's Cut was my my favorite version. Yeah, there's a little... I mean, it kind of drives me nuts that you... In order to get what feels like a complete movie, you have to buy director's cuts now. Yeah, I know. Yep. All right, I think we're done with this episode, and I'm just going to cap it with this. So we'll do the Flash and Constantine wrap-up and release that as a extra point sometime in the near future. And that'll be that. Sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. Check them out at dcbservice.com for 50% off your Marvel and DC trades and hardcovers. And uh, 40% off of uh, Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and Image single issues. We're near the end of the month, so I'm not going to give you any specific deals, but check that out at dcbservice.com, and we thank them yet again for their sponsorship. Oh, and uh, use their Comixology storefront to get extra savings on your purchases and the like. The uh, email address for Comic Timing is comictiming at gmail.com. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network over at comicspodcast.com. And the League of Proud Podcasts over at comicbooknoise.com slash league. Check us out at facebook.com slash comictiming as well. Chris, thank you. And as always... <laughs> There's always time for comics. gonna edit this out because it's just turning into insane banter maybe, maybe. you're taking too long the internet is not that slow it'll go, in, it'll go in the back of the episode keep talking keep talking i don't have anything to talk about if you're not talking to me i am talking to you hold on let's see all right he we are now staring at patrick stewart and and uh you know. simon simon okay yeah yeah here you go are you all done right. yet chris do you have anything else you would like to say about the movie Yes, which I again moved the mic away from. No, no, you want to hear the. <laughs> I gotta eat the mic. <laughs>